before we get started, can we have a, a word of prayer? Amen. Father, we just come to you and we just want to give you thanks and Father, just uh, praise you for you are worthy. And Father, we just uh, want to stay in your presence. Father, we want you to be in control of every aspect of this service, this message. Father, we want you to ask you to fill this place. Father, that uh, you would help us take captive of our thoughts. Father, that you would try to just help us focus on you and you alone this this hour and father i know the enemy is at work father he doesn't not like what's going on here and he comes to steal and and kill or and try to steal our joy and our peace and our hope and father just uh he just tries to come to to shield our ears from healing, hearing the truth and um our hearts from applying your word and father we're just asking in the power of jesus in the name of jesus that you would bind any devil, any demon that tries to come to disturb uh, this next time together. And Father, that your word would penetrate every heart here. And Father, that you would show, search us and show us the things that we need to confess with you and to one another. And just lay those things down. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, last week we got a, a series called The Heart of the King. You guys remember that? The heart of the king, and we're going to be studying over um, the next several weeks um, this what's called as known to us the, the Sermon on the Mount and the teachings that Jesus gave um, in Matthew five through seven. And when the Sermon on the Mount, you know, is pictured a lot of times in in movies uh, or books, it's it's pictured a lot of times as one long sermon that Jesus gave, but the Sermon on the Mount is actually uh, not really one single sermon, but it's it's uh, a series of of many um, summaries of his his teachings um, to his disciples. The sermon takes place uh, directly after Jesus uh, chose his disciples, and he chose to take them off to a quiet place. But when he would uh, take them off to a quiet place. The, the multitudes would, would always follow. So the, the Sermon on the Mount is actually greater than uh, what we think. It's the official teaching of, of Jesus, and it is the, uh, where we see that he's opening his, his heart, his mind his, uh, to his disciples. So it's a summary of teaching that he habitually, he continued every day, week after week, to uh, pour into uh, what is known as his inner circle. So the Sermon on the Mount is a result of many hours of heart-to-heart of -heart communion, uh, community, if you will, between him and his disciples. So last week we uh, started in and we divided up um, the first beatitude. And the beatitude is, as we said, is not a, a list of um, do attitudes like a, a list that a uh, ten-step process to do, but it's uh, an attitude. It's it is being. It is a list of blessings of the righteous person receives because of his or her uh, character as described. So Jesus uses the word blessed in each beatitude. Most of the time, where we relate blessings to happy happiness, but that's not what Jesus is is speaking of. Human happiness is something in which is dependent on chances, changes, uh, 
some kind of tangible thing in this uh, world. But that's not what he's talking about. Something which life may give and what life can take away. That's, that's what the world offers you. It gives and it takes. It's a tangible. It's only for a season. You say, well, there's pleasure in that. Yeah, there is pleasure in that for a season. The Christian blessedness is completely untouchable. It's unaccessible. You say, what do you mean? Well, John 16, 22 says, so you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of the joy. So the blessedness and the joy, the peace that comes from Christ, the world can't touch it. They can't, they can't take it from you. They can't rob, rob it from you. They can't steal it. The Beatitudes speak of the joy which sorrow, loss, and pain, grief are powerless to touch. Powerless. Get behind me. You can't touch it. You are powerless. This comes from the Father. So that joy that withstands through the, the tears, the joy that nor life, nor death, nor power, nor principalities can take away. The, the world can win its joy. And the world can equally lose its joy. But listen, Christian. The Christian has the same sense of untouchable joy. Untouchable joy. From walking forever in the company of the presence of Christ. It is constant communion, fellowship with Christ. Untouchable. Paul, go ahead and tell you, I don't want to preach this today. Where'd Paul go? I need somebody to speak to here. There he is, somebody to talk to. I don't want to preach this today, brother. You know why? Because what we're about to get into is not, not very popular teaching. Because we're about to di dig into to sin. And sin's not something that we like to talk about. Uncomfortable. But I want you to, to know that it is as if I am sitting here and speaking to myself. I am not here to uh, preach this message and make you feel this small or beat the Bible over your head. I... I truly believe with everything in me that if we would have a realization of sin and a confession of sin to Christ and to each other, the Spirit of God will move in our church. So here we go. Y'all ready? Buckle in. Say you ready? Blessed is the poor in spirit, we said last week. The poor in spirit for theirs that theirs is the kingdom of heaven poverty isn't a, a, a good thing but uh jesus uses the word poor he isn't talking about a material poverty he he's talking about spiritual poverty it's when we come to the realization that we are bankrupt that there's no good in us besides through christ so if christ is not in us then there is none good 
So it is when we are seeing that from pride to self-assurance, everything is gone. It is, come, it is when we come empty-handed, ready to receive His grace and His mercy, His righteousness, His love, His hope, and nothing of us. You got it? Say amen. Nothing of us, all of Him. So spiritual bankruptcy. It is when we are arms wide open. God, I, I, I need you. I need you. Spiritual poverty then leads to spiritual mourning. It is mourning over sin, and that is the the next beatitude. Y'all stand up. Y'all need to stand up a minute. Y'all are about to sleep. Let's stand up and read the Word of God. There we go. There we go, John. We're getting awake. Verse 1 in chapter 5, it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain. And when he was set, his disciples come unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You got to sit down. That's going to get you awake. Y'all are dead this morning. Wake up. The word mourn used here is the strongest word for in the Greek language, for mourning, it is the strongest word. There are over 122 references to mourning in the Old Testament. And this form of the word mourning is used for mourning for the dead. The, the landment of sobbing for those who, who we love. It is a word that is used uh, for of Jacob's feelings when he believed... Um, that Joseph, his beloved son, was dead. It is described as the mourning of the disciples when uh, they did not know that their Savior was still alive. It is, it is said that, or, or often illustrated, it is the mourning that a business uh, owner, when, when the business is going in destruction, their, their system of commerce during tribulation period, it is defined as a type of grief that takes such a hold on you that you can't can't hide it. It is sobbing. It brings an ache to the heart, and it brings tears to the eyes. Listen, blessed are those who mourn. When's the last time you mourned? When's the last time you mourned over sin? The sin of you, the sin of others, the sin of the world. When's the last time you've mourned? It also, the word, the sorrowful mourning described by Jesus, it's a godly sorrow. I read this quote while studying this. It says, a Christian cannot be happy unless he is first sad. You say that sounds contradictory, but we first have to mourn over sin before we can come to see the need of the cleansing power of Jesus. So today as we, we study this, I want you to see three, three needs to mourn over. Number one, the need to mourn over our own sin. You can say it like this, blessed are those who mourn over their sin for they shall be comforted. Those who who are poor in spirit are those who mourn over their sin. They are grieved by their sin because their sin grieves God. 
Listen, John the Baptist, when he was preaching and paving the way for Jesus, the Messiah, his message was what? Repent. Repent. No man can repent unless he sees sin as it is. The need of repentance, the the sorrow. What really changes a man is when they come up against something, something which opens their eyes. I thought of my, about my children, their boy or girl, you know, as they, they go through their little lives, you know, when they're playing by themselves through the house or, you know, they're, they're making their, their own decisions and not thinking about their decisions having consequences and for their actions. But then when they do that, they turn around and like mom and dad's like, and then that look in their eyes. When they understood that their decision had a consequence, that grief, that sorrow, they suddenly see their decision and the sin for what it is. Listen, our sins, that's what we need to see in the Father. Father despises it. When David struck down Uriah with a sword of the Ammonites and committed adultery with Uriah's wife, Nathan explained like this. He says, What have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? 2 Samuel 12 9. Our sin is displeasing or depth of loathing of God's word, ultimately a the pleasing or despising of God himself. It is the reason that a true son or daughter of God is genuinely grieved for their sinful actions. As we we look at the cross, we're bound to say that is what sin does. That is what sin does. Sin takes the loveliest person and smashes them on the cross it hangs him on the cross listen the sin is not the cross is not just the payment for sin but it's to open the eyes of the sinful to understand this is the debt this is the penalty for sin this is sin and it's horror This is the intense sorrow. Listen, I believe that's that's why the you you guys remember the movie Passion. I I believe that's why it went so viral. It's because people could see. The payment of sin on the cross. The smashing of sin. I believe that's why the Bible gives us description, why the Lord gives us the the detailed description of what they did to Jesus. I read a story about a, I, I think you'll get this. I read a story about a man who week after week at the invitation, Paul, they would come to the invitation and week after week, this guy would come and say, preacher, I just want you to pray that God will remove the cobwebs out of my life. Week after week after week. Well, finally, this preacher got tired of it one week. 
He said, why are we praying to remove the cobwebs? We really need to be praying to remove the spider. Listen, some of us keep praying to remove the cobwebs when we need to be praying about killing the spider. Man, 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Christianity begins with a sense of sin. Blessed is the man who intensely sorry for his sin, the man who is heartbroken for what his sin has done to, to God, to Jesus. Listen, even, even after you accept Christ as your Lord, there will be areas uh, in your life that are immediately conquered. But listen, as you grow with your Savior, the, what we as Christians want to call sanctification, this big long term for the process of your, your relationship, your community with Him daily, as you grow in His righteousness, there will be more sin that is, is just on the microscope, man. It's just, hey, blinging right here. You've got to deal with it. So as you grow in His righteousness, there will be more sins that pop up. Hey, man, I need to deal with that. It's part of the process. As a child of God, it is mournful over sin because it grieves God. And a child of God will also be confronted or comforted because of his advocate, Jesus. He's going to confront your sin. But when he shows you he confronts it, he's going to comfort you. Listen, the word comfort is contrast to what the world believes. Here's what they say. It, th when you translate the word comfort to the Greek, it means to cause, to be encouraged or consoled, either by verbal or nonverbal means. If you look at the English dictionary, it says this. We define comfort as a state of ease or freedom from pain or constraint. There's a huge difference between those two. See, the world tries to comfort like this. Hey, if you're feeling down, quit focusing on your situation. Hey, be happy. Sing a different song. Go over here. Stuff it down. Eat something else. Get on another 10-step program. Hey, go to the weight room. Work out. Buy these clothes. Buy these cars. Send your kids to this education. You need to get this college. Buy this house. Make this much money. It's all on the outside. And all we do, George, is we keep stuffing those things down in here. And that's the beauty about CR is it brings things up to where, you, hey, you got to deal with it. It puts it right here. you got to do something with that. The world says ch by changing your circumstances that you will come into a season of joy. The culture tries to convince you that some product, some service, no, no, that's that's what all advertisement and marketing is all about. Hey, buy my product. It'll make you happy. Don't worry. Be happy. No. No. Comfort of your own personal sin in one way, through forgiveness of Jesus Christ. He's our great consolation. He's our comfort. He's the way. He's making all things new. The new heaven and new earth. All things. He'll bring justice. 
peace. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, we long for the day that this body of sin will be put away. Listen, and we'll be in the presence of the Father in His holiness. No more sin. No more heartache. We will mourn over sin and fight against it, knowing that it grieves the Lord. Listen, how can you claim to love Jesus and not mourn over sin? Listen, we've looked at sin in this way. I told you you weren't going to like this, this sermon. That's okay. We look at it this way. Stuff it down. Don't deal with it. No big deal. It's not damaging to me. I could go on over here. You've got to deal with it. It's part of the process. Listen, if we have more people confessing to God, to weeping of their sin, God, I'll, you, I can't do this, just you. You. Man, there was a re revival down in Rogersville. Uh, I think it ends uh, today. But I was reading an article on it, and it said that what was going on is they was coming into a season of their realization of how sinful people they were and their need of the Father. And the Spirit of God was moving, moving. We must mourn over this, the sins of others. You said, that has no effect on me. Listen, we see that Jesus, He was mournful, He was was weeping he says oh jerusalem this is in matthew 23 he says oh jerusalem the city that kills the prophets and stones those who were sent to it how often would i have gathered your children together as hens gather their chicks under their wings but you were not willing listen jesus mourned over the hard heartness of people their sinfulness was leading to their destruction it was the way you view the sinful people around you. How are you? Your children, your grandchildren, your worker, your co-worker, your mom, your dad, your community. Listen, are you mourning for them? Are you praying for them? If not, why not? Why not? Living in a society such as ours, man, can we decentralize? We decentralize. It, it becomes so overwhelming. Because we are so flooded. The, the suffering, the consequences of sin of others tends to reduce our compassion. We are to love our enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for Matthew 5, 44. Remember that sin and Satan are the enemies, not the people. Pray for them. Love them. Sin is the entrapment of people. That is our mission field. Third, we must mourn over general sin. General sin affects the whole world. John 11, Jesus goes up to Bethany. 
he goes to, to raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus knew that he was going, what he was going to do. And he even proclaimed it to, to Martha. But we see in verse 25, he says this. He says, I am the resurrection of life, and he who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Listen, he weeps after talking to Martha. This was not due to the fact that the loss over the friend. No, because he knew. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus. No, he was, he was weeping for the, the general sin, the destruction, the death that it brings to man. Verse 33, he is moved by Martha and others weeping. In verse 38, Jesus again deeply moved when he arrives at the tomb. He's seeing the effect, the effect of sin. Listen, church, we've seen it. We need to mourn. We've seen it this week. Lux. Listen, it is the effect of sin that entered the world back in Genesis. Our bodies are plagued with sin, disease, sickness. Listen, but there's hope. There is a remedy. There is a hope. God said, hey, I'm not leaving you like this. I'm sending my son that you may be healed. Death has no power over you. Listen, when a loved one is passing away, listen, there is a mourning, but it's rejoicing. Because he is in the presence of the king. He is worshiping. Blessed is he who mourns. Are you mourning? I think about our, co our community that's going on the last two weeks. The, the little girl missing was at 15, 18 months uh, old. Man, the wickedness of the minds and the hearts of people from the fall of man. Mourn. When's the last time that you have laid in your bed and beside your bed on an altar and mourn? When's the last time you went and grabbed somebody? Let me pray for you. Let's lift up the community. A brother and sister, hey, I know you're aching. Blessed is he who mourns. Come on, are you with me? Paul, I don't think they like it this morning. That's okay, I don't like it either. You know why? Because I'm failing at it. I am. I am. Because too many times I go to prayer, and you know what I pray, Jonathan? Me. blessed are those who is a man who endures the bitterness sorrowful that the light can bring the Arabians have this proverb it says this all sunshine makes a desert the land on which the sun always shines will soon become a place where no fruit will grow there's a certain things that only rain can produce only certain experience in which sorrow can create sorrow can do two things it can show us, as nothing else can, the essential kindness of our brother and sister. But listen, listen, most importantly, it can show us the compassion of our God. That He never leaves us, He never forsakes us. He's always there. He's always there. I'm going to share this poem with you. It says, I walk a mile with pleasure. She, she chattered all the way, but left me none the wiser. 
for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and never a word she said. But all the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. The righteous mourn over their sin of others, the general sin of the world. In each area, God gives us comfort. The Lord forgives our sin through Christ. He has given us a gospel, a message of hope to take to take to the dead, to the sinful, man, the lost and dying world. A promise of redemption of all things. All things. There will be a new heaven, a new earth, 2 Peter 3. God gives us comfort in Him, for He is God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1.3. He promised to bring the comfort of hope in Romans 5. He has also given the Holy Spirit who is called the Comforter in John 14. God, comfort is the blessing He bestows. Listen, there is no greater or deeper joy than God's blessing of Himself when He promises. I'm ending. I'm ending. Four things. So many people today don't receive God's blessing. Why? I'll give you four reasons. Number one, the love of sin. It's an obstacle. Listen, you remember when God was giving us a word through through Paul, Brother Paul and, and myself, he was talking about digging wells. Listen, we need to dig wells. Removing the dirt, the sin that has clogged the wells of the living water. Mourn. Listen, the the scripture tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. But listen, even he got in this for a while. Listen, until you mourn, you don't realize the wretchedness of sin. Number two, falling into despair rather than mourning. Listen, despair comes when all hope is given up. Listen, despair comes in and it tries to push you out of God's grace and, and God's mercy. Despair tells you that God has abandoned you, that He's forgotten you, He's not with you, and that you're all alone in darkness. Listen, can I tell you that the enemy is a liar? Listen, that, that is so false. He says this in Isaiah 26. He says, you, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Number three, a false view of sin, believing that the sins committed are not that serious. That there's no need of repentance, there's no need of dealing with it. Listen, that's a cheap belief of God's grace. Paul says in Romans, hey, can I do that all the time? He says, no, certainly not. You don't have license to sin. Are you going to? Absolutely. But the 
But to do that and not deal with it is, is abuse. Isaiah 55 says this, Let the wicked forsake his way and the, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, for he will have compassion on him toward God, for he will abundantly pardon. Listen, no pardon is offered without repentance. None. A presumptuous person refuses to forsake his sin. Listen, this is, this is such a gospel that would be distorted. Number four, I like this one. This is where I think we're at. This is where I think we're at. Procrastination. I get to that tomorrow. I get all day long. I got tomorrow. I got next week. I got the end of the month. Uh, I'll get on that in 2021. I don't feel like doing it, doing it today. Procrastination. Man, there's so much damage being done by procrastination. Tell me something. Do any of us in here know when our lives will end? So why procrastinate? Why procrastinate? Deal with it today. Every person in this sanctuary has something to mourn about. Every person. Whether it's a sin of ourselves, others, the world, every person has something to mourn. Are we? Are we? What are we procrastinating about? We're going to, I want to close. I put you guys to, to sleep. But it's the word, it's truth. It's not popular preaching anymore. That's okay. Because, Johnny, you know what? I didn't come here to preach to you today. I, I come to preach the word that, that God gives me. I didn't come to preach the word that, Johnny, you wanted to hear today. I come to preach you the word that God wanted me to preach. Listen, church. we got to stop procrastinating. we got to quit being embarrassed about what's going on in here. Let it out. Don't be ashamed. Let it out. So I invite you. Musicians are going to come. I invite you. Here's the invitation. Invitations, I hope you know the invitation is always inviting. If you want to join the church, if you want to follow through through um, believer's baptism, listen, if you don't know my Jesus and you want to come up and profess him as king of kings, and you want somebody to lead you through uh, the scriptures, come. 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 Listen, the Bible says that all have sinned. Listen, Alan, if we, I shared this yesterday, if we are in a box, in a closet, Nikki, and we do absolutely nothing the rest of our life, guess what? Marath, I'm still a sinner. Deal with it. Mourn over it. Deal with it. Listen, there's people who are lost, there's people in our families who are lost. There's people who are aching. Come and mourn. Father God, we love you. We praise you. Father, I pray that you do a work at this invitation that only your spirit can do. Father, that you would convict, you would search us and show us. Father, that we realize that we are all sinners, but you died for us. You paid a penalty. You made a way. And Father, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that they come and, and they believe in their heart and confess with their mouth 
that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, I pray that if there are people here that are stuffing stuff, their sins, their, their heartache, their pain, Father, deep in them, I, I pray that they would come beside another brother or sister and they would lay that at your feet. Father, I pray that you do a mighty work in this church today and days to come. Father, we will, will praise you and love you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.